0: Hey, hey, David, how's it going, man? Sean, what's up, man? How you doing? Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, brother. I was just watching um, the stuff we did with Mike Rinder about a year ago today. How phenomenal that was and um, really appreciate you know all of the appearances you've done on the channel over the years. Thank you.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, man. Your channel's hopping, uh, super popular. I get uh, people ask me about it all the time. So you guys are rocking it. Happy to be here. Do you want to tell the viewers?
1: ones that are not familiar with you about what you do
0: what do I do uh wow that's really hard to always break down I do a bunch of things but I'm a podcaster I'm a father I'm a husband I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a freedom fighter I live in British Columbia Canada and I host my own show called Truth Warrior I've been producing a documentary film series that people can watch for free right now there's nine chapters out it's called Cult of the Medics It's a deep investigation into the occult roots of the medical industrial complex. I also co-host a a deep premium podcast with my good friend Michael Tesarian from Ireland. Uh, We call it Unslaved, and we dive into psychology, history, conspiracy, secret societies, philosophies, all the issues, all the things. We talk about it all, and I'm just a curious guy. I want to know what kind of world I live in, where it's going. And what we can do to solve this current state of tyranny and deception and uh, all the scams that are all simultaneously unfolding right now for everybody to see. So I'm just here to take part and be a part of this war against tyranny.
1: All right, over to Charlie Robinson. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you, Jay. Happy
2: Happy New Year to you all. Thank you for having me.
1: 12 appearance on the channel. Oh, is that Charlie Robinson? Doesn't. I got my
2: punch card. It's all filled up.
1: <laughs>
2: Can you remind the few viewers who are not familiar with you, Charlie, what you do? Oh, I write books and then talk about crazy stuff on my podcast, Macroaggressions. And um, actually, this this uh, in a month from uh, today, I'll be in Acapulco, Mexico, at Anarcapulco, the largest anarchist convention. In the world, you can go check me. I'll be there with uh, Max Egan, Larkin Rose, Dan Dix, Del Bigtree, Mark Passio, Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Kerry Madej, uh, and Dr. Ron Paul. So, sweet.
0: And I'm going to be doing a digital one on that one, Anarchapulco. So everybody nice. should go and buy tickets. Uh, we're all going to be there, and we're going to kick some ass. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Many of you have seen the deep research Jay Dyer has done on symbolism, Hollywood, its relation to certain human transportation cases in the NWO. So, Jay, huge thank you for coming on, brother. Can you just tell the viewers a little bit about what you do? I am the. We've got Jay's.
3: I am the world's first Klaus impersonator. <laughs> so, I'll be in. Uh, I'll be performing in Vegas, uh, doing my Klaus for the next month uh, at the uh, the the giant pyramid, I guess that'd be more appropriate, right? The the oh, yeah. one in Vegas, it's a pyramid. Um, yeah, so I, I do movies, I do analysis, I do breakdowns, big geopolitical texts, kind of make them uh, palatable and bite-sized for the audience. And uh, glad to be back on, Sean. Uh, we always have great conversations. I think this is my fourth or fifth time with you, and I've had you on as well. So uh, really, really thankful to be here. I do a lot of work with uh, Richard Grove now. So he and I have been uh, collaborating on podcasts and, lectures uh, and i host the fourth hour of he who cannot be named
1: <clears throat> you, you know who i'm talking about unbelievable
3: <laughs> that guy all right
1: so we'll, so what we'll do is then we'll, we'll go around in a, a clockwise direction on these questions so david charlie jay and what we'll do is also take questions from the audience i've got a few questions for you off the top of my head and as the audience put them in the live streams on facebook twitter uh, facebook youtube wherever they're watching them Ash, if you can collate those, because it's gonna get backlogged, it's gonna get busy, it's gonna get crazy. I have so a we'll question. Go over the base. I have a question.
3: Yeah, go for it. Will we be involved in any penetrating of cabinets? I know Klaus is really into that. Will it be will be penetrating any cabinets today?
2: <laughs> That's on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's on uh, that's on sean's
3: only fans okay
2: we're
0: gonna penetrate their cabinets and expose that.
1: <laughs> all right so first basic then to david what is davos
0: well davos is a place it's an idea there was an idea that was davos and that idea is uh, basically a feudal system a neo-feudal system being set up by the world's wealthiest elite there's trillions of dollars behind Uh, what is known as the Davos Click or the Davos Group, which is a collection of all your favorite globalists uh, who are working in tandem with World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, the United Nations, the Club of Rome, and many other shadowy organizations that are even behind them. And uh, it's an interesting place, Davos. Speaking of pyramids, Jay, and by the way, I'm a big fan and give my shout out to Richard Grove. He's done great work. Charlie, it's my first time meeting you. Glad to be here with all of you guys. Um, But there's a big giant pyramid right at the entrance to Davos. I don't know. Is that just coincidence? Maybe they're just trying to show, oh, there's mountains here. It's mountains, you know, lots of mountains. Um, being that the pyramid is the symbol of the mountain. Uh, but anyways, uh, D- Davos and this whole Great Reset thing is uh, something that everybody needs to go and look at. And you can just go and start listening to what these people say. These people that go and meet at these G20 summits, um, you know, that my prime minister, Justin Twinkletoes Trudeau, likes to go hang out with even though they even kick him to the curb because he's such an embarrassment. Um, But, you know, this is a hobnobbing group of elites that are trying to basically take over the world and control all the land, resources, and wealth. And uh, their number one slogan is that you're going to own nothing and be happy. And we all just went through a crash course of what that sort of starts to look like over the past three years with the global thing that shall not be named because I think we're on YouTube, correct? Uh, That's a basic breakdown. There's so many places we can go from there.
2: Charlie, what would you like to add to that? Well, I'd like to add um, Santa Claus's own words to this. This is what he said. We do not yet know just how it will unfold, but one thing is clear. The response to it must be integrated and comprehensive, involving all stakeholders of the global polity, from the public and private sectors to academia and civil society. It will change not only what we do, but also who we are, it will affect our identity and all the issues associated with it. Our sense of privacy, our notions of ownership, our consumption patterns, the time we devote to work and leisure and how we develop our careers, cultivate our skills, meet people and nurture relationships. So he intends for this to be transformative and cause you to reevaluate your senses of privacy and any sort of notion of ownership. That's what he means when he says you'll own nothing and be happy.
3: Scary shit. Over to Jay. Yeah. I think that the best way to understand uh, what Davos and the world economic forum is, is to understand that the same power structure and entity that set up what everybody's probably heard of as the, uh, I'm not going to say this word because the algorithm, but the B group, because actually the algorithm does the, uh, bump down when you say this group, (laughs) uh, which I've experienced on my channel. So that group, which was set up, uh, I think, in the early 50s by, uh, according to David Rockefeller in his memoirs, by his clique, by his friends, as well as some other European nobility that had a background uh, in terms of being uh, SS, uh, Prince Bernhard was uh, formative in, in setting up the Bieber group. And then out of that came this uh, this public entity and a thing that would be more public. Berg is a semi-private group that would meet every year, and then Davos is kind of this public, uh, more. Let's bring in the celebrities. Let's bring in you know Leonardo DiCaprio and Kevin Spacey, and and then push that in a kind of public, sort of pseudo-leftist. Uh, situation for the rest of the world. But the key point there is that really, build, really Davos comes out of the ideas of what was called the Harvard Project and Henry Kissinger and the CIA to set up something a little more public than Bieber.
1: All right. Thanks for that. So if, you, if people have just jumped on the stream, we're rapidly approaching a thousand on the live. So if you have got questions, get them in now so we can get your questions at the top of the list when we open it up to the public questions. So why is Klaus Schwab being spoken about so much at the moment? You absolutely see him everywhere, David.
0: Because of people like us, Sean, we made the man famous uh, by exposing this agenda because I don't know if anybody really even paid attention to who Klaus Schwab was until the whole situation unfolded over the last few years. Um, because it was just incident. It was a coincidence, of course, you know, it was just a coincidence that they announced this great reset uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, we can say that, can we say that we can say that at least maybe we, maybe we shouldn't risk it. Anyways, abbreviations, we be, abbreviations are always appreciated. We're gonna have to resort to hand signals over zoom. Now this is the way we're at. Um, but basically, um, we have been talking about him and I think they want us to talk about him and I don't, I don't think they even care about the negative press. I think they're like any press is it is good press they believe that they've got this thing cinched they've been planning this for decades um it's something that uh, and i'm glad that jay pointed out the history of this this is something that people that are just coming into this now because there's way more conspiracy theorists now than there ever was which is great and uh, it's now you're not a theorist by the way you're a researcher and a you know fact collector um but basically you know We have done a good job, I think, at least of bringing people a different perspective on it. And our job, I think, is to show people the history of where these people come from, what they're what they've been advocating for uh, since, you know, say the Paris Climate Accord, the real summit, uh, the the, law, the stuff with the climate gate thing and the climate scam is all weaved into it. The Transhumanism, changing of the economy. But as uh, Charlie was mentioning, they're also talking openly now about changing what it means to be a human being. And that is, I think, the biggest concern people should be having with who these people are. And even though we're all excited about technology, uh, it's like, oh, technology is great, and they're showing it to us in the movies, and it's gonna fix all the health problems, it's gonna extend our lives, it's gonna give us so many different uh, new abilities and superpowers, just like the Marvel Avengers. Uh, That's what everybody thinks it is, but I think that's just a fancy sales pitch for another system of control where they can do something called biodigital digital surveillance, uh, where essentially, it's not just about having a couple cameras up in your local neighborhood they're literally monitoring your genetics at this point they're monitoring every movement that you make if you look at what China's doing right now uh it's that's just the beginning stages of what they want to implement for the world with a social digital credit system complete restructuring of the economy complete restructuring of your government where essentially you're just a little vassal state in a big global empire um, and look what they're doing with the farmers, the land and everything else. And, uh, they're doing it off of the back of these various threats. So the reason Schwab is so popular is because he's kind of like the PR manager. He's the spokesperson. He's the chairman. Uh, he was also, uh, on the, one of the committing committee boards for the B group. Uh, Jay, if you, I'm sure you remember that, he was integrally involved in that back in the day. And I think a lot of people are also forgetting about, uh, Prince King Charles, Um, where he's declared something called the Terra Carta, which I did a whole deep dive on, which is what he's calling the new, basically mandate for the world to replace the Magna Carta. See, the Magna Carta issued out rights for every human being, uh, to have free rights and to not be oppressed by their government. But the Terra Carta is now giving nature rights. And even though I know all the hippies are like, yay, finally, the trees in my backyard have rights. Um, we have to talk about the fine print of what that really means for humans, especially when they're openly saying they want to change us into something else. So, sorry, I know that's a lot of stuff, but Klaus Schwab is famous because we help make him famous because we're trying to expose what these people are really up to. Over to you, Charlie.
2: Well, another reason, and those are all very good reasons why we're talking about him, but another reason why we're talking about him is because we have big problems with his spokespeople. Justin Trudeau, Yacinda Arden, um, uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron, Chrystia Freeland, we all these people come out and they start talking about things over the last year, year and a half, two years. And it's inconsistent with logic and reality. And it starts to make you question, why are these people saying these things? And y- as you start to dig in a little bit as to why, you know, why are they all uh, you know, going with this very unusual agenda? It leads you to one person and they all come out of the Klaus uh, school. And then, of course, he's on the record talking about how he's penetrated cabinets and things like that. And so it's not it's not a surprise. So part of the reason why we're talking about Klaus is because he has so many people speaking on behalf of him, you know, for him. And, and they're out there in high level management positions making Extremely dangerous and important decisions about freedoms, lockdowns, surveillance, uh, who can and cannot come into their countries and, and things like that. So when you see the insanity of uh, of the uh, of some of these leaders and the, you know, the embarrassing, embarrassing uh, behavior of people like Trudeau. It, it, it causes you to sort of, you know, think, well, I know he's not saying, and he's, he's too dumb to have this thought him himself, so who is he getting it from? And, of course, it leads back to Klaus. So Klaus has become famous in part because his students have become so unbelievably incompetent. Okay, Jay?
3: Yeah, Klaus is famous because um, they intended, I think, to finally have somebody sort of be the public face of this uh inner sort of steering committee style of governance, which is the way the world is really run, is that you had about hundred years ago, <clears throat> maybe a little more than that, the British empire set up what they called steering committees and roundtable groups. And it's a way that they would run the empire or the run the, the superstructure of the global government that they wanted to put in place through sort of an inner group with an outer face. And so Klaus represents the sort of coming out party of that inner party. And um, he's sort of what I would say, is kind of like the go-between between between the public and the inner party, which is weird because he's not the most palatable kind of person. He's literally a a kind of a Bond villain. And I almost wonder if they didn't do that on purpose to have him kind of operate that way. But really the the purpose of all this is that as he himself said, and uh, as David was pointing out, like this new covenant, like if you read uh, when he put out his uh, 2018 book, Shaping the Fourth Industrial Revolution, he described the need for a new moral, a new covenant, a new ethic. And what uh, David was talking about with this uh, this earth ethic is the thing that Klaus is talking about. And they said that the last few years, I mean, Klaus was writing prior to KUF, but when we had the KUF, uh, come out that was according to him the vehicle for moving us into the next phase of the great reset so that that's what this is all about and that's why he's so famous is that he's intended to be the mouthpiece of
1: this inner group okay david what is the fourth industrial revolution
0: it is to my knowledge it is the merging with ai and nanotech and all these new forms of technology it's the uh process of bringing about transhumanism which is uh again the same thing and building that into some kind of a structure where they can actually make a global uh, a global central control grid that's going to manage all of that so it's the fourth industrial revolution is i mean there all these different phases of revolution they're looking at this as just oh this is just a natural curve of history You know, we did this revolution of all these different industrial revolutions. And this is the next step for humanity is to merge with technology to this level. Um, But I think some a lot of this was guided. I think, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with technology, obviously. But if technology should be serving humanity, it shouldn't be setting up a global technocracy that Aldous Huxley warned us about and so many others. Uh, where essentially we are slaves to technology because who gets to manage the AI? Who's programming the algorithms in Silicon Valley? Who gets to have all the access to the control knobs and the switches and the surveillance cameras and the whole system, right? So it's essentially, in my book, it's the end of human freedom. And it's also gonna be the end of human thriving because um, this, the people that are involved in this great reset and that are buddies with Klaus Schwab are open Advocates for reducing the population of humanity for things like eugenics, even though they'll never use that word um, and other other things that we've seen in past totalitarian systems that I think this is just their way of modifying their attempts in the past and bringing it all together. And uh, at some point, I'd love to ask the other uh, guys in the room here who I know are very good at this stuff about their thoughts of the financial structure and the political structure that the Great Reset is based upon where they're calling it something called stakeholder capitalism. Um, And, you know, there's the discussion about, is this new world order going to be communism, socialism, fascism, cap? What's it going to be? And um, I've got some quotes from people like Carol Quigley and things like that to get into some ideas on it. But um, anyways, that's kind of my thing is that this has been guided. We've been guided to this position that we're in. And there are small groups of people who are unelected, unaccountable, that have trillions of dollars invested behind them by these investing firms that are proposing a very specific kind of a fourth industrial revolution that they've written about openly, um, just calling it different names for literally decades, if not centuries. So uh, for them to go around and say, oh, it's just a natural ebb and flow of history. And this is just where we're at in our hum- the game of humanity. Uh, I, I don't believe it. I think they guided us here because they want a central control grid uh, that will actually be a combination of all the other central control grids they tried to uh,
2: create in the past.
1: Over to Charlie. I'm sure you've got lots to add to that, especially the financial
2: side. Yeah, well, David mentioned that, that they don't use the term eugenics anymore. You're right. They, they've, it's been rebranded. It's now called transhumanism which doesn't sound as bad, but so let's start with this. The first industrial revolution was water and steam. The second industrial revolution was oil, electricity, and steel. The third industrial revolution, which we are in right now is computers, electronics, and internet. And the fourth industrial revolution, according to them, is physical, biological, and digital. And I will say, this is what Klaus said, describing transhumanism fusion of technologies that is blurring the lines between the physical, digital, and biological spheres. He said, what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identities. Now, there's a a number of reasons to be concerned about this, but one that jumps out at me that that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I'm, I promise you it's in, in the back of their mind, maybe even in the front, and that is that if you, if, you take a, if you think about the genetically modified food industry, you can't patent a tomato, a natural tomato. It comes from nature, you just can't patent it. They don't allow you to. But if you modify that tomato by one deviation, it no longer is a natural tomato. It now is something else. It's a genetically modified organism. It's, it still looks like a tomato for the most part and it might taste like a tomato, but legally, And physically it is not and my my thoughts on this is that once you become transhuman you are no longer legally human and that means that laws don't apply you can now be owned sold traded exterminated what you you're no longer a person legally you might feel like a person you might not But you might look like a person, but you're not anymore because you have now moved from being a natural human to something else. They have a name for that. I'm sure Jay knows it. But that to me is the trap of the fourth industrial revolution. And and for those that say this is conspiracy theory, I I assure you it is conspiracy fact. In fact, you can go to weforum.org, their own website, and read about it yourself. They're not hiding it. It's right out in the open. It's only hidden. To the extent that the public chooses not to go and search for it but it's right there on their website that is their plan
3: all right over to jay yeah i remember being in college and uh, i was first reading about this stuff in grad school and i I brought this up to my professor and he was like oh do you believe everything on the internet and i'm like isn't aren't you on the internet (laughs) like you're on the internet so you tell me i shouldn't believe things on the internet i'm like but your university is on the internet so what should i not believe you now i mean the, the sort of bullheadedness of the people who deny uh, at this point is sort of, it's like, I don't know if there's any hope for you if you're still denying this stuff at this point. So yeah, I think that the question of what kind of a system it is that they're putting in, what is this uh, that the Great Reset wants to do economically and in terms of biology? The book I'm lecturing through right now is a Romanian historian who's kind of a good successor to Carol Quigley and Quigley wrote the book's from the establishment's perspective. So he did Tragedy and Hope, which is like a defense of the system that they're bringing in. He also wrote another book called Anglo-American Establishment, which goes deeper into the the actual structure of the system that we live in. And so the, the book that I'm lecturing through now is kind of a successor to that. It's a Romanian historian about the Milner Fabian conspiracy. And the reason Fabianism is important is because whether it's Klaus or whether it's Kissinger or whether it's David Rockefeller himself, they all were influenced by Fabian socialist ideology, which is like Keynesianism, basically. And so John Maynard Keynes is the British uh, uh, economist whose philosophy went into the creation of the IMF, the World Bank, these entities. And so from Klaus's perspective, he's just following in suit with this same ideology, which is basically the merging of big capitalism, monopoly capitalism and a form, a form of uh, reformed Marxism, they called it, known as Fabianism. These these things go together very well in a synthesis to create what we know of as the NWO or the transhumanist future. And transhumanism was was coined by Julian Huxley when he wrote the uh, preamble or the philosophy to UNESCO. And uh, he's part of, he was the brother of uh, Aldous Huxley. And so his philosophy is actually that we need to rebrand and rephrase what, Uh, eugenics was and turn it into biometrics and transhumanism so that's just the rebranding that charlie was talking about and then you can see a perfect continuity from those guys back in the 30s 40s 50s up to today when you read klaus's book the last third of klaus's book is actually how to put into place skynet it's basically skynet but not microchips it's through nanotech so everything is intended to be rewritten, including the whole the whole biosphere. So uh, I could go more into that, but I'll let other people talk. But yeah, that's that's what this is all about. And the economics is just one element of this new system they're bringing in, which is to replace everything with a kind of a synthetic overlay. And the, the economy is what you're hearing about with CBDCs, which is central bank digital currencies that are just even an even worse version of fiat and an even more... Uh, lockdown control style method of economics beyond what we've known with uh, the the existing physical cash fiat system it's the next level of that
1: well i've got a quick message from ash he said that there's so many people in the chat that the questions that we asked for earlier on have scrolled off the top of it so we lost them so um if you if you posted the question when we asked the questions earlier on can you please repost your question now and is going to get on the ball and he's going to grab those as they come in. But it's going fast right now. There's almost 1,500 watching live. So huge thank you to everyone who's been watching and sharing this. And I, I'll just throw a question out there then. So, David, why do they even need us? Aren't we just useless eaters? Couldn't they just do something to eradicate us at some point?
0: Wow, what a question! Aren't is, aren't they underway with that process for right now? Um, well, there's a few ways to look at it. In some, it's like they have like a love-hate relationship with us. They they clearly need us, or at least some of us. I think they're just at the point where they're like, we got to trim the fat. You know, there's too many. You know, we need to have the, we need to protect nature from these filthy humans. You know, uh, there, there's too many too many players on the board. But in another sense, they need us for our productive and creative energy, because, uh, I think a lot of these people at the very, very tip top, and I'm talking about some of the primary psychopaths that are behind the curtain that we don't even see, um, they, they don't really have any empathy. And when you don't have any empathy, you don't really have much creativity. And so you need to set up these sort of roundtable groups and these collection agencies of talent in a way so that you can pull people into your ranks that have that productive, creative energy so that you can bring a sort of genius level to your evil plans in a way. Um, And they need us for that productive energy. They needed us for farming back in the Middle Ages. They needed us to till the land and do all the hard labor. They needed us for mining. They needed us for all these different things. But now with technology, I think their dream, their wet dream is they're like, well, we don't need humans organically anymore. So we're going to now convert that into something that can be more highly controlled and regulated, like what Charlie was pointing out brilliantly there. Uh, and by the way, it's an honor to be amongst such educated men fighting this fight. This is amazing. Um, but he was pointing out how uh, essentially um, – Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. There's so many things going through my head. The uh, the idea here is that they they need us for, they, or they want to merge us with this technology because then they can control society more. So they're, they're thinking we're entering a new phase of being able to manage Earth's resources and we don't really need these as many of these pesky humans anymore. So they need us in one sense, but now they're looking to transition us into a new type of being that can be more highly controlled um, and even more productive for them. And uh, that means that for us organic, freedom-loving humans, we have to make our stand now and uh, remember and remind the younger generations, what is freedom? What does it mean to be human? Why is it valuable? Why are these people crazy? Why should they be ignored? Where's the lies? Where's the scams? That's what we need to be doing moving forward. All right, over to Charlie.
2: Well, let's quote the uh, one of the bigger psychopaths, bigger in well, not bigger in stature, but bigger in mentality. Professor Yuval Noah Harari, top advisor to Klaus Schwab, who says, humans are now hackable animals. The whole idea that humans have this soul or spirit and nobody knows what's happening inside them and they have free will, that's over. So those that make it through um, will be hacked. Those that do not make it through will be eliminated they don't need as many of us as there are here you've been to a walmart before for god's sakes you know i mean even normal people go through that and they go there's just too many people here when you add psychopathy and power and this uh this sort of um philosophy to it and and a lack of a soul and remorse uh then you get the world economic form you get this mentality and this unfortunately i think is um It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for people to recognize because it's so, you know, we, we, we come from a place of goodness. We, we look at this and we think we would never do this to another, another person. And then we export that and project that onto these people. That's a dangerous thing to do. They don't think like we think they don't want what we want. The idea that I would never want to get rid of 90% of the human population. Therefore it can't be real. It has to be conspiracy theory be very careful with that line of thinking. You're right. We shouldn't be, you know, there shouldn't be somebody saying they want to get rid of 90% of the population, but there is, they're, they're everywhere. And they're only hidden. I mean, their books are in public. You can read them. They're not hiding this. They're not going back and saying, oh, I was misquoted in my autobiography. They're not Charles Barkley. You know, they, they, they said it, they stand behind it and they mean it. So, this, I think that in the future, if they have it their way, if, if, if we're un, unable to stop this or throw up enough of a roadblock, if it's up to them, they will eliminate a, a large percentage of the population and those that are left will be controllable one way or the other, whether they are physically controlled through nanotechnology in that, or they're controlled through social credit scores, universal basic income, smart cities or whatever, or they're just mentally broken they will be controlled. So we're at a we're at a real pivotal time in humanity where this is not something you can be a spectator to. You have to get involved, you have to understand this. It's not going away unless we make it go away. So I think understanding the agenda behind the World Economic Forum and in general Klaus Schwab in particular is is important to everybody, even if you're not really into this stuff you need to know what's happening if for no other reason than to get yourself out of the way of it over to jay
3: yeah i mean i like that noah yuval harari quote because you know one of the things we need to be able to do to not be duped by this is to pick out the basic level contradictions that occur and one of those is this idea that okay so uh, harari says there's no such thing as consciousness and free will it doesn't exist And then the other times he's talking, he's saying, oh, we're going to upload your consciousness to the computer. Your consciousness will be uploaded to the cloud. How are you going to upload something that you just said doesn't exist? Hmm. Right? And so these are con men. These are people who sell you on something that's not real. What they're trying to sell you on is Malthusianism or a death cult, mass death. So the whole idea is to just get rid of, like we said, like charlie said 90 percent of the people right get rid of 90 percent of the people when the technology is advanced to the degree that as klaus wrote about in fourth industrial revolution <coughs> the ai can, can run things so that's it we don't need the humans anymore because we have ai and uh humans are kind of like livestock they're cattle and uh we don't need them so we can get rid of most of them because they're a you know a problem to the planet they're hurting mother earth all this kind of stuff so it's all, it's all giant, huge level scams. Once we understand that, that the people that are running this are like super high level con men, yes, they do have, uh, you know, technology. They do have a lot of money and power, which they print out of thin air, the money that is, right? Um, but it's like, imagine Jeffrey Dahmer or like one of the serial killers that we talked about, Sean, right? Imagine them, but uh, more functioning and more capable, right? The serial killers that kind of couldn't control themselves and they would go on these binges or whatever. But imagine being at that kind of a level, but you can control yourself and you just do it on a more wide scale. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with Jeffrey Dahmers who can like manage and do AI and like algorithms, right? That's what we're talking about. So th- it's that level of psychopathy, uh, but, but to do it at a functioning uh, level. And I think once you're past the normal kinds of pleasures that most people seek out, you are m- sort of locked into this mode of just control and power. It's like a whole another type of drug Uh, And in my view, it's ultimately kind of demonic. I think there's like a spiritual um, power that motivates a lot of these people, even if they don't know it. And that's how the the agenda is basically continuous, contiguous over multiple decades and even a couple centuries. You've got the same plan because it goes back to ultimately, you could say Plato's Republic, which is a, it's the basis for technocracy. Plato said, here's a way to set up a society run actually by a secret society. So in Plato's uh, Republic and then his later, Writings. It's it's a it's a society controlled by a secret group, an elite group that intentionally tricks and lies to lies to her. It's called the noble lie, and then it's uh, the model for perfect mathematical style government, is what uh, Plato
1: called it. I think Plato also wrote that democracy is the road to tyranny. I think that's what we're on. So we're going over to the viewers' questions, and we've got Damien Barnett. Is anyone working to stop or break up the WEF, David?
0: Well, I am. Uh, I don't know about anybody else. I I know there's people all over the world that are working on it. I don't know if there's any like official groups. I mean, you just see these different pockets of resistance. Um, There, I think there are even good people in our institutions, in our governments, in our you know military intelligence. Uh, media, there's there, we're getting a lot of whistleblowers coming out that are talking about more of, more of the elements of this stuff. Um, so we're seeing more information come out to the general public now in the, la- in the span of the last couple of years than I've personally ever seen studying any of this, which I find to be really interesting. I don't know if that's just a product of the times or if there's people really working behind the scenes to try to fight back. Um, but I know that, you know, look what we saw in Canada with the truckers. You know, I, I uh, did a documentary covering that cover the whole thing. Uh, that's just a, a sign of average blue collar, hardworking, everyday people who never protest coming together to try to do something, to try to bring attention. It went on with the mandates, but everybody involved knew that this is really about a much bigger agenda. Um, you had the Dutch farmers resisting in the Netherlands that brought in the Polish and the Italians and all these other groups. You've had the French you know, kicking back against Macron for some time now. Uh, So you see these like little mass movements coming up here and there and then behind the scenes in the media sphere where we work in the sort of alt media, which is now becoming the dominant media because the mainstream media is an utter embarrassment to themselves and their credibility is imploding at free fall speed into their own footprint as we speak. Uh, So we have now become the resistance because only shows like this are going to tell people the details about this without trying to fluff it up and, and protect these people like all the other mainstream outlets are going to do. Um, so that's the resistance. The person asking that question, I forget your, your name. It's a great question. You and I are pushing back. We're the ones resisting. Everybody here right now that's listening, that understands what's going on. We are the resistance. Nobody's coming to save us. We are the resistance. And that's why we have to continue. Even if you feel like you're outnumbered. Your friends and family are putting all this pressure on you. They don't want to believe you. They're stuck in the matrix. Ignore that. Just keep going. Keep speaking the truth. I'm a student of uh, people like Alexander Solzhenitsyn and Viktor Frankl and people who survived tyranny. And they've always said it. You know, it didn't take the masses to overthrow tyranny. It never did. It took small, motivated groups of people that never shut up and never stopped speaking the truth and fought back with every fiber of their being. And uh, by, by nature order itself the lie collapses eventually the the noble lie is shown to not be so noble and the truth always wins in the end we're just hoping that there isn't too much collateral damage on the way so let's let's do it i'm in let's get some people together let's get some get some of our own groups together to resist this and try to bring back freedom uh and humanity again to this planet thanks
1: so charlie what hope do us little people have against a trillion dollar apparatus
2: run by psychopaths well there is some good news and that is that it it appears that they are moving faster than they intended to they're making a lot of mistakes their schedule seems to be off a, a bit um you don't you know with regard to the the thing we're not allowed to talk about um you don't incentivize people with donuts and wrap laps around talladega speedway if things are going well okay so the messaging of the whole situation we've been locked down under you know for for the last two years that's been an abject disaster as far as I'm concerned from 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 a management standpoint. they thought that things would go a lot smoother. So we're already starting to see pockets of you know things to be uh, optimistic about. Uh, the the push for central bank digital currencies to me is is maybe the hill to die on because one if that is established, and, um, and and you can you can sort of thwart the World Economic Forum's plan. You you, you kind of have to you know you have to focus on one component of it. You know if you and and if you focus on the CBDCs, the central bank programmable digital currencies, then then you've you've got to be really um, uh, diligent about making sure that that doesn't happen because if that does. They have the ability to set your currency to do all sorts of things like evaporate and turn into dust in your digital bank account because it's set, you know, hey, Sean, the 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 Christmas numbers, the Christmas spending numbers just came in and they were well below what we were expecting here. The White House has announced that that because of that, they're going to try and um, stimulate the economy a little bit more. And they've sent. 30% of everybody's CBDCs to expire in the next 90 days. So you better start spending them because they're going to be worthless. That sort of stuff is insane, of course, but possible with central bank digital currencies. You say the wrong thing on social media, it vanishes. You're only allowed to shop on the company store. And that might be only the partner groups that work with the World Economic Forum. And there's plenty of them and you probably have their products or you buy their cars or you know, go to their stores right now. But what if you could only spend your universal basic income with those people? You know, so then that's a lot that locks out everybody else, all the mom and pop, the small and medium sized businesses wind up getting destroyed, you know, like what happened in 2020, wink, wink, you know, so this whole thing, if you want to really try and um, strike at the core of what the World Economic Forum is doing pick central bank digital currencies, focus on that, make that untenable for them. And you've really thrown a monkey wrench into their whole plans. I feel like they are on an accelerated schedule. It's 2030 is the benchmark agenda 2030. We've heard about all of that. They've talked about that. It really feels like 2025 to me. I don't, I don't have any particular information that says that it's been reset, but it just feels like they're, they're sort of on a schedule. Like somebody came into the boardroom and said, you're moving too slow. Hurry up. I don't care if you have to give these dummies donuts, do whatever you have to do or lottery tickets, but get them in here and get them to get on board with the program. And that has been behind schedule. So I think that there's some optimism. I don't want to give anyone false hope, or I don't want to say that, you know, it's all done. You know, they're never going to be able to accomplish their plan. They they're on their way, but we it's not over yet we still have a say in this and one of the things we have to remember is that if we collectively decide it doesn't have to be all of us but a large enough percentage of people decide we will not comply then it makes things a lot more difficult for them so we have to remember that our compliance is necessary in this case and if you have the ability to remove yourself or to just not comply with this it's almost your duty and obligation to make things harder for these people
1: all right over to jay then as to how this can be stopped
3: yeah. So there's a lot of hope. I mean, from the vantage point of uh, the last few years, I mean, they've had to really throw out things to try to speed things up because the, I think the agenda was definitely behind schedule. So that's why we saw what we see in the last three years was because they want to move things ahead. And it's correct that they, they usually do these things in tenure actuary plans and so they have certain plans by 2030 2040 and 2050 and so when you read somebody like jacques atelier another one of these global elite uh transhumanist people who helps plan this stuff he says by 2040 you'll have the full rollout of the uh tech um skynet system throughout the whole world he calls it the global brain he says by 2050 we'll have that hopefully population reduction so you get these d- decade uh, uh actuaries that come out from them publicly, and uh, it's like uh, Tucker said on his uh, show covering CBDCs, like if they get that, it's over because then they can shut down anybody's commerce and you won't be able to buy you know, your food, right? So this what's weird about that is that you can go back a hundred years ago where Bertrand Russell said they would roll out a system where you get weekly uh, central bank allotted credits And then if you don't spend them, they go away. That's because they don't want you having capital. You can't attain and accrue savings and capital because that empowers you if you have your own assets and your own capital. That removes you from having any power. And that's the whole purpose of ESGs. That's the whole purpose of BlackRock and all their plan for their version of social credit score is to have complete and total control. In fact, the head of the Bank for International Settlements who Quigley identifies this as the central bank of central banks it's the Federal Reserve of Federal Reserves. That big triple chin dude came out and said, literally said, we're going to have a CBDC that has a total programmable power by which we can shut down anybody who says anything against what we do. So if you don't recognize this, that it's a 100% total control system, total technocracy, total dystopia, then it's over. But people are recognizing it. And so it's like, You've got you've got somebody like Tucker Carlson, the biggest uh, cable news program in the U.S., which basically just talks to boomers all day long, right? So they're sort of basic. They're they're just now waking up to like what people in the alt media have been saying for a long time. Is it too late? I don't know. I hope not. But if we can get people like they're just now waking up, which is a good thing, right? So, but we got to go. We got it. We have to move quicker on our side because. They're already beginning to roll this out. And if, uh, and if we wait another 10 years to wake up to the next phase, then it's going to be too late.
1: David, what's the role of Elon Musk in all of this? And isn't he on the same page as Klaus Schwab when it comes to chips in the brain? When we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed, and we start our day with Koro Snacks. Coro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive free natural ingredients to their customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients, to cooking essentials, and of course, the snacks. And the energy balls are delicious. Oh, they're my favorite, the salted pistachio. Ooh. I can't wait to have this this morning. Let's see what this one tastes like. Cheers. <laughs> mm. Mm. So what makes Koros special in comparison to others? Their bulk packaging allows them to offer their customers high quality products at a fair price. For a 5% discount on Koros products use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Koros online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor.
0: Well, this is a dicey one. Uh, it's, I know this is a lot of contention in the community about this. And good, we need to have these discussions. Nobody knows. Nobody's behind the curtain. But I'm very curious as to why the sudden shift in uh, a lot of things that he's been doing. And so um, regardless of ultimately whose side he's on, maybe he's just on his own side. I don't know. But um, he has made way on Twitter for a much more free speech platform than before it's not perfect but you know he's only just been taken over in a recent period of time there he's reinstalling a lot of the doctors that got censored over the past while a lot of accounts are coming back which is just absolutely terrifying uh the people who were originally controlling twitter and the media and the whole thing because the minute you have any kind of free speech on massive platforms like twitter you can now have what we're supposed to have in a free society, which is civil discourse and public debate and discussion and the ability for people like me to go on there and post information that contradicts the mainstream narrative. So I'm grateful for that. I, I, regardless of that, one thing about the chips and brains is, uh, you know, at this phase, that is something that is being sold as, oh, it's just going to be an optional thing to, for health applications and all of that. Um, in the bigger agenda of the whole transhumanist thing we just discussed, I don't fully trust that as being the only application for this technology. There's never going to be any chips put in my brain. I don't know if if it's that Elon is a part of that agenda or if it's simply a disagreement that we would have with him where he thinks, and he said this openly many times, that what he knows about the level of AI and technology that they want to bring in, he believes that the only way to maintain any level of humanity and stop it in any way is to adopt a certain amount of that technology, uh, in order to be able to compete with it or otherwise we'll be completely eliminated. I personally disagree with that, but again, I'm not privy to the information that he might have. And again, we don't really know. And there's a big debate about that, but I, I just can comment on he, I think he's a central figure regardless. Um, some people theorize that he went rogue from some of his original, uh, Positions or groups that he was associated with, and he's now sort of rebelling against that and working to expose this. Um, his tweets have been very, very interesting lately, talking about a lot of stuff that people like us talk about. So, is this just him playing on our side and it's a big manipulation game? Or are there legitimate people that were originally a part of the plan, uh, the program, and they woke up and are like, hey, I, I don't want this either? And maybe he's going on his own learning curve. It's all speculation, man, but in the end, I'm just glad that my Twitter is back and more of my buddies are coming back and we are launching an all out assault on the lies and the scams on Twitter. And I think it's making an impact because what I'm monitoring is there's a lot of accounts and a lot of people that I was following that were pretty much asleep to a lot of the bigger scams that are now getting access to information they couldn't see before and are starting to change their tune and they're reaching a big audience of people that follow them. So there's pros and cons to all of it. Um, I will let people debate whether they think Elon is a black hat, a white hat, a gray hat, or some other hat, a pink hat, I don't know. But uh, in the end, I think everybody is serving a purpose in this both for good and bad in the end. And this is a bigger cosmic war than we can possibly imagine.
1: Well said, David. I totally agree. And I can see the hamster wheels going in Charlie's head. <laughs> he's, he's got...
2: <laughs> well, well, he he did come out and say that we need to be having more pe- kids. And that was weird. You know, that that was yeah, that we need goes, more people. Yeah. Yeah. That goes against the core tenets of the World Economic Forum. Um, so you go, oh, I like that, you know, and then then you go. But what's with all the brain chips? And what's with the DARPA connections and the DOD and the ex-steganography and the, you know, and all the, in the satanic shit you're wearing when you go to the Met Gala ball. And you know what I mean? And there's, there's all these things. And so it's really. You could have been trolling, just saying. Eye covering and all that (laughs) stuff, you know? And and so I'm, I'm always, I'm always very hesitant when they produce a savior figure that comes in and uh, look and, uh, and let's be let's be real here you don't get to um you know you're allowed to operate your businesses when your businesses are spacex which is doing almost entirely business with the united states government and your other business is tesla which is taking on large Massive subsidies from the government and this push towards electric vehicles and all of this. So you are dependent on the government. You have you have deals with the Department of Defense. You have DARPA. uh, Long long working relationship with DARPA. These are all really really bad signs, right? These are the things that I go automatic disqualification. And then he buys Twitter, and then he starts to bring some voices back that had been silenced for a while. And you go, I like that. You know, that's okay. I don't know that I entirely trust this guy, but I'll take a win where you can get it. And, but then you go, well, he's not bringing all the voices back. I'd like to hear this guy and I'd like to hear that. Why did this person go away? And, you know, so so there's there's we can we can find plenty of of faults with with this. And 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 again, when when the media and I my I'll tell you, my biggest enemy, the enemy of humanity, in my opinion, is the mainstream media. When the mainstream media starts talking about him in a way that's positive, you go, oh, well, I, I get suspicious. When they start uh, going after him due to his Twitter thing, then I think, well, he might now. Now he's he's pissing off the right crowd so that I, I look forward to. I, we'll have to see where things go. I would be very hesitant to tr- say I trust Elon Musk. I can I can also say I don't trust him while still acknowledging that he's done some things that 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 are you know, beneficial. But um, but but again, I think that uh, I mean, look, I'm sure Jay can do a whole deep dive on the the symbolic nature of the X uh, steganography component and why all of his his X.com that he started the banking, Tesla, SpaceX, you know, all these things he's going to put everything under the x uh, moniker of a you know the app for all things and uh, you know there there's some there's some history to that to that um to that letter as well so um i'm very suspicious of course but i'm suspicious about everybody so that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything i'm curious about that jay uh, what do you think yeah uh,
3: i hate to be sort of boring here but i don't really have much of an opinion on the whole mustang um I'm not trying to be a boring centrist either. I just really don't. Uh, I mean, I can't know anybody's motives. So certainly I think anybody in those kinds of positions we should be suspicious of. Everybody knows about the the brain chips and the DARPA stuff. And, but at the same time, I like that he's doing things that uh, allow for at least a little bit more freedom. Is that a long-term trap? Could be. Um, so, but, but, I, <clears throat> you know, I, I always get asked, what do you think about, uh, yay? What do you think about Putin? What do you think about Elon Musk? And it's like, I, d- I don't really care about what, <clears throat> um, I, I don't, I don't know people's motives. I can't know that I can just judge by the actions. And when we look at people's actions and not the things that they say, I think we have to just have a healthy suspicion and, uh, you know, be happy for the positive things that they do. That's, that's my only thought. <laughs>
1: So we've got a question from Jake Forda. AI has already colonized
0: popular music. What next? Your mind, <laughs> you—that's what Klaus says. We're gonna change the Great Reset. Is not just gonna change your government. It's going to change you, he says. So <laughs> take him serious. I mean, they're out there just telling you straight up what it's gonna do. Uh, we've had people like Ray Kurzweil and many of these other transhumanists talking about AI. It's been written about forever I almost have a part of myself that thinks that a lot of this is just a pipe dream that they're not actually going to be able to achieve the big bold claims of uploading your consciousness and the whole day I think that's just like I think they're part of a cult to be honest with you at the end of the day they' it's like a religion that nobody knows about it's a private worship uh, that a lot of these people are involved in and I've been tracking this back to you know some of the a lot of people don't know, but like the concept of artificial intelligence or even the Frankenstein concept, uh, goes all the way back to like Babylonian Kings and like ancient, uh, you know, in Egypt, even the word tech technology comes from a, a God, God, goddess worship, a cult from ancient Egypt. T E K was the original way to spell it. And it's this idea of transcending nature and controlling nature and, uh, being the sort of manager of nature in a way. And maybe not in a benign sense where you're like a gardener, but maybe you're just like what these globalists think, where you're going to use technology to overtake humanity. So AI um, is, you know, think about it, artificial intelligence. In a way, there's also a subliminal thing I could mention about this in terms of the way they communicate a lot of this. Um, They're they're speaking to your subconscious mind. They're speaking to your sort of atavistic brain, um, where they say things like, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, over and over again, and you think computers and Skynet and all of that, which it is, but on another symbolic level, they're talking about the kind of intelligence that they want you to have right now with your physical brain. Uh, think about all these MKUltra experiments and the Ash experiments and the Milgram experiments and all this stuff that they've put billions and, and billions in for decades, trying to study how you tick on a psychological and emotional level so they can manipulate you. Um, And so artificial intelligence is something that they're creating through all of this propaganda, fake news media, uh, the matrix, if you will. Artificial intelligence already exists in your mind. It's just not put in with computer chips just yet. It's put in with ideas that uh, influence you to think in ways and act in ways that you otherwise wouldn't. I mean, we just got a big screen test of this over the past three years, didn't we? Artificial intelligence ruled the world for the last three years, uh, which was based in fear. Um, and so that's one aspect. The other thing, um, even with all this climate stuff, just really quick, uh, think about all this talk we got from Al Gore and all these other people, because it's all connected to the same in the end, where they were talking about global warming and uh, you know, climate change. Again, we think the literal explanation of that is what they're talking about. But these people are occultists at the end of the day, or at least the people writing the script are. Um, and they know that when they say things like climate change, They're subliminally trying to influence the changing of the climate of your mind and your thinking. That's the climate they're changing. They colonize the world by colonizing the mind because it's a very simple formula. And I'll wrap with this. What's the big conspiracy? It's the conspiracy to control land, resources, and wealth. And if you want to control land, resources, and wealth, you need to control the people that live on that land, that live near those resources, and that create that wealth. So colonizing the mind with artificial intelligence and climate change, the climate of your consciousness and your psyche, that's the first steps. And then later, they want to actually put the physical robotic stuff into you. So that's the that's the basic breakdown.
1: All right. Over to Charlie and Jay. We've got about two minutes each left, guys, before we bring the next guest in. Sure.
2: Uh, Well, I have some good news. I talked to Alex Cranier, my buddy who runs a hedge fund over in Monte Carlo, and uh, and he had been he had worked in the artificial intelligence space, and he said that his estimation is that eighty percent of what they say it will do will never come to pass. That it's that he has seen, um, he knows from his experience that that the majority, the the amount of computing power needed to d- differentiate between a balloon blowing across the street and a girl running out across the you know in across the street is is so much um, needed so much more power than we currently have or that we will have in for in the near future, so he set my mind at ease. I hope he's right, but i'll tell you this what I do know about artificial intelligence from the world economic forum standpoint is that when they put they broke out their fourth industrial revolution, they made a couple core um silos and in that they put artificial intelligence in two different versions two different silos. the first was called fusing technologies and it included. Biotech, virtual reality slash augmented reality, quantum computing, advanced materials, neuroscience, blockchain, and artificial intelligence. That was one of them. But then they had a more devious silo called security and conflict. And inside that, they had drones, space, geopolitics, neuroscience, and artificial Intelligence, so they're under. They've got it going in two different directions: one as a component of weaponry, and one as a component of fusing technologies into a, a new version of neuroscience. So um, they're going to the, they they plan to use it a couple different ways. And, and again, I hope Alex is correct in his assessment that it it won't be as powerful as they say it will be. But I guess um, that's for us to find out all right we've actually run out of time so jay
1: can you just tell the viewers where they can find you and support you please
3: yeah you can go to jaysanalysis.com or you can follow me here on youtube uh under my name jay dyer and all the other uh same outlets and i usually host the fourth hour of uh jones on uh
1: friday all right david where can the viewers find and support you please
0: Thanks a lot. This has been one of the best conversations I've had in a while. Thank you so much to all of you for doing this work. You can get me at dwtruthwarrior.com. That's the main site. It'll lead you to all the projects that I'm in. If you want to see the documentary series that I'm working on, you can watch it for free. Uh, it's up on all the alt platforms, and but you can get it all at cultofthemedics.com. It's a big discussion about the health, the, the whole thing, the great reset, all this stuff. And then, uh, yeah, those are the best places to find me macro
2: macroaggressions goes out uh, twice weekly as a podcast in audio format and in video format on band.video rockfin odyssey vigilante.tv you can follow me on twitter at macroaggressions and the website is the octopus of global control.com thanks sean
1: david charlie jay it's been an honor to host all you guys together this evening it's been phenomenal the chat has been buzzing Such powerful speakers, so well-researched. You guys are like the tip of the spear exposing this stuff. So we salute you and can't wait to see you again. So thank you very much, everybody. Cheers.